Hi, and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Carly Cohen, I'm very excited to have you on She's the Boss Chats. Thank you so much for agreeing to be my guest. Oh, thanks for having me, Jules. I can't wait to talk to you and and get to know you and share my story. Great. So, well, let's start by telling everybody what it is that you're doing now and why you're doing it. Sure. Um, I help um, business owners, mostly female business owners, uh, grow their businesses um, and really try and help them reduce the time it takes to manage their business. Um, even like up to 80% reduction in time in managing their businesses. Um, you know, well, we're also too. time poor, but we're still driven. Hmm? Um, and we want to grow our businesses. We're motivated to succeed, but, um, you know, we can get so caught up in our businesses. So I help put structures in place that enable um, businesses to scale and, and people to have a really enjoyable um, and successful um, journey in scaling their businesses, you know, things like we- defining core values and making it really clear as to what's important and, and what the behaviours are in your business, um, having really clear priorities, annual priorities, quarterly priorities and communication rhythms in the business just so that everyone's communicating um, and the business can hit its goals. So um, that's what I do. Amazing. And I love it because I think everyone would love to work on their business and not in their business to the extent that a lot of people do. But why did you set it up? Um, Well, I've been running my own business for over 15 years um, and I have grown that business. Um, We've got now over 100 staff and we scaled it by over 500%. um, And I followed a formula to get that growth. Um, And I guess... What I did um, is remove myself from the business and I really wanted to learn more about myself and what I love doing. When COVID hit last year, our business was severely affected. So I took that time to really understand what I love doing um, and where I can contribute. And what really motivates me is helping um, other people grow. So I thought, what better way to um, share my knowledge and skills um, and take that to other business owners um, and help enrich their lives um, and give them some of the freedom that I've got in my business um, so that they can have, you know, more enjoyable lives, a great business journey um, and spend more time with their family. Amazing. I mean, that's really extraordinary that you grew a business to 100 staff. So I'm really interested in hearing about that. But it is a specific type of women that you want to work with as well, isn't it? So it's not people like me who are running their business with only one or two people. It's more about people who already have a team, yeah. isn't that right? That's right. I think, um, you know, the greatest way to to build a business and grow a business, and this is what I found in my experience, was having the right people in your business and your team to help you scale. Um, and that's really where, uh, I guess, where the magic is, is, is having the right people in the business who are accountable for different things to really help help you grow and, and take your business to the next level. So, yes, I work with um, with founders of businesses who have leadership teams in place to help them scale. So talk to me about why you decided to do that. I know that we had COVID. I was, 
I was going to say the light bulb moment, and maybe COVID was the light bulb moment, but when you were assessing, you know, what you were going to do next, having grown this business and trying to work out what you really love, was there something that happened specifically that made you go, that's what I want to do? Um, well, I really had to dig deep and, and find out what it was that I loved doing. Um, and I did, actually, my daughter had just done at school some career assessments. She was in, she was in year 10 and they'd just done this amazing assessment about what, what their skills are and what they might be good at. I'm like, I'm so jealous. I want to do that myself. So I went and did <laughs> some assessments to, to figure out, you know, where are my skills and what are, what am I going to be really good at? And, and you'd think you'd know that, you know, mid forties, you think you know what you want to be doing, but, um, it was actually the assessment that really proved to me that, you know, actually what I love doing is what I'm really skilled at. So it was just the, um, that was the, the, um, the reason why I went down the coaching track. And also I had such a great experience in my own business with business coaches. I've learned so much over the years through having the right people helping me. Um, and I saw the value of that. So it's like, I, I wanted to actually be able to, um, give that back to other people because I, I knew that how much it helped me um, and the opportunity there was to help others. So I think it was, um, yes, the, the career assessment through my daughter um, and just reflecting on my own business experience to, to know what, you know, what I was good at in our own business. Um, and also I took it uh, to my team in my own business. I said, you know, I gave, um, I had some discussions around where my skill set was and asking people in the business, what did they think I was good at? Um, and the feedback was amazing. You know, you're, you're great at, from a strategic perspective. We love how you facilitate our meetings, um, your vision, you know, you help, you, you, you take us on a journey, you run a values based business. All these things were just so rewarding and so lovely to hear from my team that it's like, um, I can take this to other businesses. So it was COVID that forced me to reassess. Um, what I was doing, but you know, I guess the suffering and the pain of of running a hospitality business during COVID um, has led me to where I'm supposed to be. So you know, I guess we have to look at the um, the positives that come out of that 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 difficult time last year. Oh yeah, it sure was. But I mean, geez, the boss came out of it as well. So it was kind of like a gift in some ways that it allowed. Yeah some things to rise that maybe wouldn't have otherwise. All right, so you've you've actually alluded to your hospitality business, which we haven't really talked about, but let's go right the way back to when Carly was at school and then you can tell us how it all kind of evolved. So where did you grow up and what kind of a family did you grow up in? Were, you, were your parents running businesses? Yes, so I, I did grow up here in Melbourne um, and I've always been around very, very ambitious um, mother who was very driven. She still oh, right. runs her own business. She's in her 70s. Um, so that's just what I saw. I saw her work hard um, so that we could have a really, um, I guess, just a, a very privileged and comfortable life um, lifestyle. So um, I did feel the pressure myself. Um, as I finished uni and wanted to start work, to work really hard because that's all I'd seen. Um, but I was you, I mean, determined did you enjoy to, to make my own did, path. Yeah. Did you enjoy school? Yeah. Um, did, was was that something that you really enjoyed or, or did you kind of struggle through? No. I, you know, I didn't. 
I, I enjoyed school, but I was around um, a lot of very high achievers at school. So I often right. felt like I wasn't good enough um, because I had such smart friends. I, don't, I just sort of gravitated towards these girls. And um, I just, I didn't have all that much confidence. And I, I did, I did quite well at school. I actually surprised myself. And I, I remember in those days, we, we got our, um, you know, marks in the mail and I, I opened the letter and I looked at it. I'm like, I had to double check they had the name right and the score right because oh, I didn't really? believe, you know, the score I got. Yeah. I, I surprised myself. Oh, well done. So, um, thank you. Yeah. And so, I no, think well, once it, I went to you know, university, what, I realised that. Sorry, you go. keep going. No, um, once I got to uni, I realised that, um, you know, if you put hard work in, you can achieve. Um, and you know, I, I just I, I put in that work, and I and I did really well at uni, and I, I made some great friends um, what, and learned a lot. I did, did a marketing degree. I didn't know what marketing was when I went to uni. Um, but we didn't have the resources at school back in those days to help you really decide what career path you should take. I knew I wanted to do something business related, so I did a bachelor of business. I'm not very creative, so I don't know why I did marketing. I think someone sold it to me and it sounded good. So, um, I did it. Um, I learned a lot. Um, and I did get, um, a marketing role, you know, out of uni. So it, it led me on my journey. So. Yeah. So what was so what was the first job then, and how did you get it? It's so competitive finding a job as a graduate, as I'm sure it is these days. So actually, yes. my first job um, was at a stationery company, a, a national business, and I love stationery. And my favourite part of that job was making sure the the um, showroom looked amazing, and I just loved being around <laughs> all the stationery. So it was a dream product for me. But the role was actually um, over-promised. It was, they, they advertised it as a marketing role, so I was so excited to get this role. But in reality, there was no marketing. I was um, customer service, sort of um, taking orders, processing orders, um, which, which is – I was learning a lot as a graduate straight out of uni to be yeah. in a big business and see how they operate. But I guess, you know – Within about a year, I, I could see that there was no opportunity for me to learn um, and be involved in the marketing side of the business. So um, I left that business and I was so lucky to get a job um, with News Limited working um, for the Herald Sun and the Australian. Oh, and wow. I was in a marketing role there. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. That's I amazing. So... Um, yeah, I just couldn't believe I got that role and it was just the best. I spent six years there um, before I had my first baby and what what an experience, what a business to work for. I was um, just so lucky to have the most amazing mentors um, and, and, and people to learn from and people who believed in me and pushed me and pushed me um, and gave me opportunities um, and it was, it was amazing as a... Um, you know, someone oh, starting out their career to be in that job was amazing. It sounds wonderful. So what sort of things did you do as doing marketing for News Limited? Um, I was actually involved um, in the circulation department, so trying to help boost the circulation of the newspapers back in those days. You know, there there was no online news. It was We were still trying to actually 
um, sell more newspapers, so like physical copies of the paper. Um, So I was involved um, in campaigns to try and boost home deliveries and subscriptions of the paper um, through, you know, different, different marketing campaigns. Well, now here's yeah. a question just for anyone that's listening because I have worked a little bit with the marketing manager for The Age. Talk to people about what other newspapers looking for because a lot of people don't think that you can approach a newspaper with an offer or something for their readers that might help the newspaper also get more subscribers. So can you just talk a little bit about that because I think that that's a really fascinating element that a lot of people don't think about. So you're talking about like online papers now or still the hard copies? No, no. With, with the newspapers, I know, for instance, that they um, one of the things that The Age did was give away, I think it was, I mean, they went all went through a big stage of it, but, you know, give away this CD um, if you if you subscribe to the yeah. newspaper or you got, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. I guess bigger organisations, they want to know that you're going to be able to you know, offer a hundred thousand if they get a hundred thousand more, um, more papers sold or more subscriptions. Although it's unlikely that it would yeah. be that much. But what yeah. sort of things? What sort of promotions were you doing? I'm just interested to know. Yeah, well, it was exactly that. How can we get the numbers boosted? Because basically, the higher the numbers of newspapers sold, the more advertising dollars they could get. So yeah. it was, you know, what's going to have the broadest appeal? to be able to sell more newspapers. So there were, you know, um, collections of, of books and footy cards and, you know, there was, they were trying to make packs of things so that you would buy the newspaper on multiple days and collect a set of, you know, different, um, right. you know, whatever the promotion was. So it was trying to get people in to buy multiple days um, so that, yeah, the, the numbers were boosted from a circulation perspective so that the advertising team could, could sell um, and generate revenue because the majority of the yeah. revenue of the newspaper always came from advertising, not from newspaper sales. Yeah, it's just it's just fascinating, I think, that um, when people are thinking about getting into the media, and obviously I teach people PR, one of the things they don't think about is doing mm-hmm. an offer to help drive those subscriptions and magazines do it as well. I mean, I know with Who Weekly, I nearly always sign up to it because they give you a free watch or a free piece of luggage or whatever, yeah. um, and it always kind of hooks me in. Yeah. So anyhow, that was just a little aside that I thought might be interesting for people to know about. Okay, so what happened to you after News Limited? Um, well, I, I, I got pregnant. This was, My daughter's now 16, so that was, you know... Back then, it was unheard of at News Limited to work in a senior role in a part-time capacity. So it was full-time or nothing. Um, right. You couldn't. I couldn't go back to my role in a part-time capacity. And you know, I was so excited to have my first child, and I just yeah. I wasn't ready to work full-time. And interestingly enough, I had a manager who was had twins and she was back at work full time within six uh-huh. weeks after the twins were born. Um and I saw her struggle and 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 try and manage. I'm like, I, I just can't I, I can't do that. Um I was exactly so, the same. I, I went um, back I had twins and went back to work after 
uh, six weeks because I had to. I just moved back to Melbourne after being overseas wow. for years and it was horrendous. I remember how awful it was. I didn't last very long before I started out on my own. So what did you do? So you couldn't go back to work. You had yes. your baby. Presumably you spent a couple yes. of years, maybe or four years or whatever, waiting until they were ready for school. When did you start working? No, with, I didn't actually. Or when did you, oh, tell us. Yeah. Well, my husband was not very happy in his role. He was um, he was doing some hospitality work and then he was in IT um, and an opportunity came up through my cousin. She knew that someone who was looking for a partner um, in, in, in an events business and um, he was a really experienced operator, but he wanted yeah. some someone younger to come help run the business. So um, that opportunity came up. It was within, I, I think, probably six months of having having my baby. Oh, um, right. So I took the opportunity, yeah, to to join um, to join this 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 man in his in, and we bought into a, a venue. It was a venue in Carlton, and I had no experience in hospitality, but um, he was going to teach us everything. So my husband. What's that? What I was saying, what attracted you to the idea of hospitality in the first place if you'd never had any experience in it? Yeah. Um, well, it was a couple of things. The first thing was um, this operator had been really successful. So it was an opportunity right. to, to join someone in a business who, where we could learn a lot from and hopefully have the same success. Um, and the second thing was my husband had some hospitality experience so we um joined we thought together you know we could do this but um within about 12 months of this partnership we realized that there was a values misalignment um you know the partnership didn't work out we had to end up splitting the partnership um and my husband and I were really thrown in the deep end trying to um to to learn how to, to run a big business but we just didn't have much experience in but um, oh, so, we so, took the challenge, so, we, we pushed us. Sorry, I was going to say, so did the guy who owned it sell it to you? Was it you that you took it on full time, the two of you, rather than sharing it with this guy? Did you buy him out or something? Mm. Yeah, we ended up buying a second venue together. Um, and right. once we were in that second venue, we could see the partnership wasn't going to work. So we did buy him out of the one venue. He took one venue and we took another venue. Right. So that, yeah. Then we I, were, yeah, we were thrown into chaos. So how did you start to float? How, what do you do when you're just overwhelmed with, you know, so much to do and so much to learn? Yeah, and by that stage we'd had our second child, so we had you know two kids, two young kids trying to run a business. But we, um, I just we pushed ourselves. We went to a lot of growth conferences, read books. We actually got a coach in the business as well. We just figured out what we were good at and where we needed help. Um, and we had mentors really coach us, push us outside our comfort zone. Um. And held us accountable to help to grow the business. So that was was that the CV? What was that? What was the name of the venue? San Remo Ballroom, is it? That was the original venue. Yes, that we we bought out of, and now 
Um, we oh, took okay. over Leonda by the Era, which is in Hawthorne. Yeah. Right. Okay. So when did you when did you decide to take over Leonda? Because I have to just say first, I mean, I think I did my school formal at Leonda. I know I went to some uni, um, university sort of Christmas balls. I went to the medical students' ball there. There were a few other things. So, um, and and my brother worked for Ernst and Young, and they had their Christmas party there. So it's I feel like it's a, a Melbourne institution. So what made you take that on? Yeah. Well. That opportunity came up and it was such a big business compared to what we had been running at San Remo Ballroom. Um and it was it was just a it was a, a once, you know, like an opportunity to to buy into a venue like Leander doesn't come up very often. Um so we no. we actually we couldn't afford it on our own. We had to find investors and partners to help us um to be able to secure the venue. Um but we just jumped on the opportunity and we have not looked back because it's just gone from strength to strength. And it was just not shown very much love before we took it over. So there was huge opportunity for us to really make a strong business um, and, and grow. And as you say, it's an institution. Most people know it or have been to an event there. Um, and it's it's proven to just be so strong and such a strong business and, you know, even through COVID, we still managed to book events and sell into the future. Like it, it just doesn't slow down. It's, it's a great business. So we were very, very lucky to to be able to to be involved and and to buy that business. Well, well, lucky is one word, and yes, you got that opportunity. But you could have, you know, stuffed it up so easily. And certainly, what I remember about Leonda was it was a bit old and tired. So when you go there, I mean, I went and met mm. you there a couple of weeks. It is so beautiful now and so modern and fresh and lovely and gardens everywhere. I mean, you've done an incredible job. Thank you. Thank you so much. But it was very, very run down when we bought it. So we had to invest, you know, to, to refurbish it. And it, we do that, you know, every sort of eight to ten years it just needs a total refurbishment to keep it fresh. But I think um, the motivation to make a successful business, if we, as I mentioned, this partnership didn't work out because of a misalignment and, and our partners in the business knew our ex-partner and he said to them, they're never going to be able to succeed in this business <laughs> without me. Um, and that was just, Oh, like we had to do everything to prove ourselves because it was, you know, we had so much on the line. We had investors yeah. who, you know, are family members. So we were thrown in the deep end, but we had such motivation and drive to make this work on our own. Um, and we were given an opportunity. And in hindsight, it was the best thing that could have happened because, you know, I got to lead the business in a direction that was totally aligned with my values. Um, and where I wanted to go, which was a, a huge focus on employee satisfaction um, and an opportunity to, to really wow our clients. So it was challenging in the beginning, but the best opportunity for us to, you know, to take the business where we wanted it to go. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you in a, in a minute some of the highs and lows that you've had as you've been running it. But before that, you mentioned that you got investors and then you did mention that they were family members. One of the things, I don't know whether you know the stats mm. around female founders, 
trying to access investment, but it's less than 2% of VC funding goes to women. So I'm interested to know, and also because I'm trying to capital raise myself to do this TV network, how was it? What was it like trying to raise those funds? And did you go outside of the family or just stay within the family and friends, I guess, kind of cohort? For us, it, it was it was quite easy because the our, the opportunity to get into a venue and a business like Leonda doesn't come around right. a lot. So you know we had people really wanting to support us um, because they knew the potential of that business. Amazing. So um, we we just went to family, but I mean we we did obviously need to get loans from the bank as well to to fund the refurb. Um, and the renovations that we needed to do. So it was a combination um, of bank loans um, and partner loans. So by the time you launched, you must have been in a bit of a financial hole going, this has to work, having refurbed it and done all of the rest. What did you do to make sure that those customers were coming in? Or were they, well, let me start again. Were the customers there anyway because it was such an institution? Or did you really have to start building up and applying that marketing muscle that you learned at uni? Mm. Yeah, well, actually, a lot of the customers that were there, we had to say goodbye to, and they'd been um, attending and, and clients of the venue for many, many years, but they just right. weren't profitable. So it was really um, a matter of looking at and, and being really upfront with, with, with the client base and saying, you know, if, if you want to continue um, with your events here, this is what we need to, to pay. So it, it did cause a lot of, you know, there were local um, local councils and, and clients that have been coming for years and years that we had to have some tough conversations with. But oh, it really, right. we've had to rebuild that business and find new markets um, because it, it just, it was not very profitable in the early days. So I think... You know where where we succeeded, and when the first hire that we made um, was a sales role, um, and that amazing amazing salesperson is still with us all these years later. Wow! And she has just done amazing things for our business um, because that's her skill, that's her passion, and she she sold um, weddings to cousins of cousins and, and siblings. They just keep coming back to her because she's amazing. Um, and we deliver an amazing experience. So it's, it's, we've had to find new business over the years. Right. So, well, which leads me perfectly into the ups and downs of running your own business, um, especially for any of the women that might be listening. Can you talk to me about any pivotal moments along the way? You know, things where I guess, and COVID is obviously one of them, but over the 16 years, there have probably been more where... Mm-hmm. You've kind of thought at the time this could be a disaster and yet you've looked back and said, well, <coughs> excuse me, it, it brought us in a different direction or it made us, it opened us up to a new market. Have you had any of those kind of experiences? Um, I think that the pivotal learning for us as we were growing the business was around values alignment and making sure you're really clear on what you want in your business because as we grew we you know my husband and I weren't as involved in the day-to-day running and and we had more and more people and we'd see things going on and we're like that manager's talking to a 
to someone in a way that just doesn't feel right. They're, they're yelling. It's not the way we talk to our staff. Or sometimes we come into work and feel uncomfortable in our own business because people were having these wow. sort of, you know, closed door gossip sessions in their offices. And so if we're feeling uncomfortable, imagine how other people in the business are feeling. So we, um, we worked really hard on defining our values. And that was a pivotal moment for us because we, once we defined our core values and we did this with the help of a coach, we really, had a basis of expectations and it was just it was it changed the business and everyone knew what was expected of them how they were expected to behave um and we managed performance based on those values you know we we praise and and recognize people for living the values but at the same time we hire and fire people if they're not living the values so it, it was very much um, a pivotal moment in the business was when we defined those values um, and, and defined what it meant to live by those values. Yeah, I mean, it makes it so easy when you do, when you're clear on who your customers are and your culture and what you want to do, to then, if you're employing people, go, yep, you're a fit or you're not. And it's sort of, it makes it really clear rather than that murky kind of, I like them a lot, but I'm not sure if they'd be right kind of thing. So, yeah, that's great. That's okay. Right. So now yeah. I want to ask you about any women who may have helped you along the way because this is a podcast for women in business and because I always feel that there aren't enough women getting shout-outs for the incredible things they do. Um, and, and there may not be any, who knows, but if there have been, I would love it if you'd share and maybe do a shout-out about any women that have helped you and how they helped you in your career journey. Um, that's a great question. And, and I, I think the, the, the woman who has had the most impact on me is actually my cousin, who is a your partner mom. in our oh, business. Even though she's right. a, yeah, even though she's a silent partner, um, she's just been there to support, um, and, 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 and guide us through this time. So she's older than me. She's, you know, in her seventies. Um, but just having someone believe in you and when our ex-partner said to us, they're never going to be able to make this happen, just to have someone who you know has got your back, they, they give you hope during the hard times. Whenever there's a challenge, she'll be on the phone saying, are you okay? I know you can do this. You know, you're doing an amazing job. Amazing. So just having someone give you confidence who knows what you need to hear and just during the tough times is there for you. That's just been so, so rewarding. Just knowing you're not on this journey alone. There's always someone you can turn to who will just be there to listen to you um, and, and hold your hand when it needs holding. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, to find those kind of women, particularly in your family, is extra special. What about at News Corp? Did you have any women that were helping you in there that you remember? Um, actually, it was my, my male um, leaders who were unbelievable and I just learned so much from them. Um, they were so, they were, they were just amazing in recognizing my um, ability and pushing me and pushing me and promoting me and giving me opportunities. Um, and that just felt so special to have, especially after the, the first job I had where 
my I was just underutilized. It was great for yeah. people to see that I was motivated um and they just trained me and coached me to, to be a leader um and gave me opportunities. So I've I've had amazing mentors, both male and female, throughout my career. Yeah, great. Very lucky. All right, now let's talk a little bit about running a massive business when you've got two kids. Um, and, and I mean, the, it may have changed. In fact, I'm sure it has between then and now. But how do you separate work from life? Or because it's such a big part of both of your lives, is it a you know a mix a mix really of of you know whenever we need to do it, we're going to work? Or do you have no weekends and evenings, mm. especially for family? Or how do you split it down? Because so many women get burnt out, and you have done some incredible things building a $10 million business is not insignificant. So how did you, how do you get that time out? Um, so we've, we've, we've got three kids now. So we, you know, when I, three, we started the business, it was one and two, and now we've had our third, but they're, they are older now. But when we were in the early days of trying to run the business, um, there was just so much guilt around we're building the business there's so much to do you're trying to manage um with the kids but now i mean what what's been i guess the key for my success is having a partner i'm so lucky to have um a partner at home and in and in business where we share the load so if i didn't have someone helping me you know with the cooking and with the, the driving of the kids to activities and you know, with the housework, I definitely have to pay someone to do that because um, it's just it's too hard to do everything oh, right, on your but own. You did so, it. The, um, so it's really been the two of you who, who've managed to juggle everything, or yeah. certainly in the early days. Yeah, amazing. That's right. And so, do you keep weekends yeah. for family, or are weekends because it's hospo? You know, weekends are all all about events. No, we're lucky enough to be in a position where we have amazing people running the events and running the business for us. So we we don't need to be there on the weekends. Our weekends are, you know, family time, but we've got young, driven, motivated people who um, don't have families yet who are, you know, running the business for us throughout the week and on the weekend. So um, you know, there's always like... a call that you can get. Yeah, no, yeah. I was going to say they're probably delighted. We're not there. I mean, the thing... The thing is to have a boss that empowers you and basically says, I believe that what you can do is right. You know, call me if you need me, but otherwise just keep yeah. going is fantastic in itself yeah. because there's so many bosses that would be there meddling away and, you know, micromanaging and making your life miserable. Well, sometimes I do get surprised when we pop in on the weekend, but, you know, I've, there might be a special <laughs> client that I want to see or whatever. and. Um, I popped in to see their, their, you know, wedding dance or whatever it is. But, um, you know, we have the best people in the business and we trust them to do an amazing job. That's been the key to our success is hiring people who are much better at their job than you could be. So we have got amazing people who we totally trust. Um, and, you know, over the years, not everyone's been like that. We've had to manage people to get to that stage or to, to leave the business because if we can't trust them and they're not doing amazing work, then they haven't been right for us. So there's definitely been that time over the years where we've had to, um, you know, have those conversations about whether people were the right fit for us or not. 
Right. But again, even your language as you say that, it's not personal. It's not saying to the person, we don't like you or you don't fit in. It's just saying, you're not the right fit for us, you'll be the right fit for someone else, which is much nicer way of putting it, I think. Yes, yeah. Uh, okay, now here comes a question that a journalist suggested that I ask, and I love the answers that I get. So is there a quirky fact about you that most people don't know that you'd be up for sharing? Uh, well, most people that I do know. What's that? Well, I said it could uh, be anything. Most people that I've I do know. I've had everything from. Uh, ha- yeah. Yeah. Um, most people know that, that who know me know I love a Tim Tam and I can't stop at one, but that's not very quirky. So. Um, I think I think something that most people um, don't know about me is that I have um, a really strong sense of loyalty and, and and connection. And you know, there's some people that I've stayed connected with who I've known for so many years, and you know, they might have been a friend of my mum, and my mum's not even friends with them anymore. And you know, I'm still in touch with them. But right. actually, last weekend, um, I had a wedding that I went to and it was a, a girl who I still think of as a little girl who I used to babysit, you know, 20 something years ago. And, and she got oh, married. Wow. And I felt like it was my own child getting married. I was so oh. emotional and just seeing her walk down the aisle. It's like, I, I knew her when she was a baby. So um, I think it's my sense of loyalty um, and, and staying connected with people for many, many years. No, I think that's beautiful. I'm a bit the same. I still have school reunions and we worked out it's 37 years or something since we left school and there's still about 10 of us that catch up every three or four months. So I completely get it. Okay, now the last question is absolutely nothing really to do with anything other than I love my phone and I'm obsessed with playing on my phone and apps. (laughs) So I like to ask people, and if you're not a phone person, that's fine, but if you are, are there, what are the two most useful apps for business that you use on your phone? For business? Um, well, uh, the coaching community that I'm part of um, is all over the world. So I have meetings and, and mastermind sessions with coaches from all over the world. So I've got this Time Buddy app that I can see what time it is. Um, wherever you know they, everyone is okay. in the world, so I use that quite often. Um, and I use Trello for work. We use that for our um, okay. meeting agendas, um, so we can all collaborate um, and have everything documented. So Trello is something I, I use it personally and for business every day. Oh, that's amazing! I use Trello a little bit, but not as much as that. And then what about fun? Do you play on your phone? Do you have games that you play or are you not really a phone person for that? <laughs> um, well, my kids are always wanting my, my daughter. I won't let her have TikTok because she's not 13 yet, my youngest. So she will always take my phone. She wants me to do TikTok with her. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, she mostly wants to do it on her own on her phone, but um, it's on my phone. But um I like Prisma. It's a um, an app where you can create different styles of artwork from photos that you've taken. So I find that Ooh. fun to look at. Like my profile pic on WhatsApp, I've used Prisma um, to just to create a um, a unique sort of artwork from a photo of mine. So that's just a little bit of fun. Oh, 
Oh, I like it. That sounds fantastic. Well, listen, Pali, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. What an incredible woman you are. And I love what you're doing. And I know that anybody listening um, will be totally into learning from you or getting in contact with you if they're the right person. But also love what you're doing, love the way you've created your business. And um, and I really appreciate you sharing your story with me. Thanks, Jules. It was a pleasure. It's nice to reminisce and reflect on my um, my early years and my early career. Thanks for the opportunity. My absolute pleasure. Thanks, Carly. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.